one. Just an absolutely infuriating loss to the Yankees here on opening day. Sox had three separate leads on this one. They led 3 nothing. They led 4-3. They led 5-4. And they ultimately lose in extras on a walk-off single by Josh Donaldson. Joining us now on the phone line, trying to calm me down, is Buster Olney, our ESPN MLB insider. Buster, happy uh, opening day, part two. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of emotion in in, uh, in the Bronx for sure. I got to see a lot of the the first half of the game. Uh, I was around the Yankees enough in spring training to know that uh, they were fired up about what Josh Donaldson might bring to the team and. You know, he gave him a big moment on the first home game. Yeah, walk-off single for Donaldson. Buster, my biggest takeaway from this Red Sox game, outside of just praying that Bogarts is okay, is this team does not trust Matt Barnes. And you were around the Red Sox a lot in spring training. Like, let me just – I'll tell you – because I know you're watching every game basically today, so let me tell you exactly what happened. In the ninth inning, the Red Sox didn't even warm up Barnes. At five, at 4-4, they didn't warm him up to come in to pitch the bottom of the ninth. They didn't bring him in if they had the save. They didn't bring him into the tenth. They didn't bring him the eleventh. They went to the likes of Ryan Brazier and Cutter Crawford before Matt Barnes. How do you think they feel about him? Because based on today, it wasn't very strong. Yeah, and I think that that would be a case where you know I would need more information. You know, I'd be curious because there certainly have been times when I've covered a team where, you know, after the fact, the manager will come out and say, well, actually, you know, he's dealing with a, a minor nagging uh, issue. We didn't want to tell the other team, but he wasn't available. But I would say this, you know, your, your question, any reporter's question uh, about that would be uh, appropriate because of how Barnes finished last year. Um, you know, relief pitchers are like stocks, uh, stocks in the stock market. They can go hot, they can go cold, they go up, they go down. You know, Barnes was so good in the middle of last year, they gave him a contract extension, right? Yeah. Uh, but then he was—he really struggled at the end. You remember the year that the Red Sox won the World Series? Joe Kelly almost didn't make the Red Sox postseason team. That's what their internal plan was. And then he threw his curveball and went out and it looked good. He went out and was absolutely dominant. Um, you know, that's the ebb and flows of being a reliever. So I, I am curious to see sort of how that evolves as we go along here. Early part of the game was pretty good for the Red Sox. They got up on Garrett Cole 3 nothing before there was an out. A four-pitch walk to Kike, a two-run homer there from uh, uh, from Devers. And it's something about the Red Sox. Cole does not seem to pitch well, A, in day games, and B, against the Sox, period. Well, I mean, the reality with, with uh, Garrett Cole is, is that, you know, he, he's going to be under, uh, I think, the, in the microscope, uh, under the microscope when it comes to Yankee fans this year because of how last season ended. You know, his numbers went down after they had the sticky stuff crackdown. That's just a fact. Uh, and then, you know, to throw out the stinker that he did in the wild card game, I, you know, I was really curious, uh, you know, how he would be greeted if he'd gotten absolutely obliterated and knocked out of the game uh, versus, you know, recovering some and, and uh, leaving the, with the game in a manageable situation. I think he would have heard it from Yankee fans. I think he's kind of on double secret probation <laughs> a little bit with them, um, and which is to be expected, you know, because he's the highest paid pitcher in the history of baseball in terms of the overall contract, and I think Yankee fans want to see better from him than they got last year. 
Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider, with us here on this Friday on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Let's talk about contract extensions, or in this case, non-contract extensions, and let's just go down the line. First, let's start with Nathan Navaldi because he said yesterday he was open to a contract extension, said the Red Sox haven't even approached him. He's in the last year of his deal. He looked pretty darn good today, Buster. I, I want Evaldi with the Red Sox, but he's 32 years old. He's going to be 33. He hasn't been particularly healthy in his career. Like, how, how big a deal or how small a deal are we talking about for a guy of Evaldi's profile? Yeah, um, it, it's not going to be a you know a huge contract like a six-year, one hundred and fifty million dollar deal because he's got two Tommy John surgeries. Yep. Um, I mean that's just going to be a mitigating factor in how long the investment, the age. And I will tell you this: everybody loves him, <laughs> like his work ethic. They love having him around the team. Alex Gordon considered him to be a leader uh, last year. Uh, the the fact that he's willing to talk during the season about a contract extension just tells you about his humility. I never forget when Seth Levinson, his agent, told me when he got that huge deal from the Red Sox. Uh, you know, the agent told him about the deal, and then he said, uh, "Hey, by the way, what are you doing?" And Evaldi was up changing his Christmas lights, uh, <laughs> or putting Christmas lights up on the house, and his agent was like, uh, "You know, can you please get off the ladder?" Um, I, it doesn't surprise me he's willing to listen because, you know, he doesn't take anything for granted. And I think from the Red Sox perspective, given the injury history that you referenced, you're going to want to see him at least for, say, a third of the year, half the year before you engage. And I think if they're fair with him, then he'll probably want to stay. You know, let's talk now about Devers. It was Tuesday night on WEEI that Red Sox broadcaster Will Fleming said, I think we're 72 hours away from an extension being announced. Tom Karen of Nesson came on our show on Wednesday and said, I don't know if we're that imminent, but I think we're pretty close as well. And then we find out we're not close at all. The two sides are completely far off. And we don't know the number the Red Sox offered, so I don't know who I think is the bad guy in this, but the bottom line is, they're far off, and it, people are worried that Devers is going to become the next Mookie Betts. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. You know, I think I asked you this question a month ago rhetorically. Who's his agent? Yeah, Scott Boris. Right, who always takes his clients into free agency. So, yeah, the, you know, the one circumstances or the one uh, situation that we've seen where some of his clients have signed before free agency is if the players takes over negotiations. Devers doesn't strike me as being that type of personality. Uh, I don't think he's going to sign before he becomes a free agent. And as we were reminded today, I mean, this is someone with unbelievable talent. There would be a team out in the marketplace willing to pay a lot of money, and we'll see if the Red Sox do it. But I, at this at this point, I think it'd be a shock if he doesn't get the free agency. Now let's go down the line again. Let's go to Bogarts because he said that uh, he's cutting off contract negotiation talks. And it didn't sound, you know um, – like there was a whole, like animosity there, but he just said, I'm not going to do this during the season. So he appears set to opt out and hit free agency as well. Now, he doesn't have as much leverage as Devers does. He's going to be 30 years old, but we saw Marcus Semien get seven for 175 at age 32. So I got to think the market for Bogarts out there is going to be worth testing. Injury here, hopefully, you know, notwithstanding. 100%. And the fact is, is that the last deal he made with the Red Sox, it was a team-friendly contract. 
I, I, I'm sure that there's a part of him that feels like I'm not doing that again, especially when I see Corey Seager getting 325 and Lindor getting 341 and, you know, Carlos Correa, you know, making uh, record amounts uh, for a position player. Uh, he's going to want to get paid. And who's his agent? Scott Boris. Scott Boris. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to that again. Uh, I fully expect him to hit free agency. Uh, the one thing I would say is I think he's a little bit like Simeon in that most teams are not going to look at Xander Bogarts being a long-term shortstop because of the, the perception that he he's a liability on defense. But there's so much respect for him as a person in the game, for the type of offensive player he is. And the fact is he can move second base, third base, and be perfectly fine. So let's go to the Yankees now. Let's talk about Aaron Judge. Judge is going to be a free agent after this year. He said he will not negotiate in season as well. Brian Cashman came out today and said they offered him, including this year, essentially what would be like an eight-year, $230 million contract. I got to tell you, I actually think Judge should have taken that. He's he's 30 years old, or he's 29 years old, going to be 30 by the time he hits the market. Like, is he getting a 10-year deal? I, I, eight years for like 230 seemed pretty good to me. Yeah, and a spoiler alert, his agent is not Scott Morris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I look, I didn't think there was any chance there was going to be a deal. Uh, he, uh, and from what I understand, the Yankees and Judges Camp were talking in different financial universes. They were not even close to reaching a deal. Um, I think you can reasonably argue on both sides. If you're Aaron Judge and you've already made a lot of money and you believe that you know you should get a little extra because you're playing with the Yankees and, and uh, maybe you know, you're, you're looking at what Mookie Betts got, you're looking at what Mike Trout got, and you might think someone might be out there willing to give me $300 million plus. Uh, and if you're on the Yankee side, you're looking at the injury history of the player. You're looking... Uh, at his age, you're looking at the fact you already have a lot of money locked into a, a guy who's going to finish his career as a DH and Giancarlo Stanton. Do you want to pay Aaron Judge, you know, eight, nine, ten years? Um, you know, it's Aaron Judge's prerogative to try to get as much value as he possibly can. And Brady, that's not going to happen until he's free agency. Wow. Like the Yankees are not going to bid against themselves. And I think from the Yankee perspective, remember that just yesterday – we heard, or two days ago, we heard about Jose Ramirez, basically the same age as Judge. He's an infielder, and typically infielders have a higher values than outfielders. Uh, and he's perceived generally to be a better player than Aaron Judge. I think within the sport, he took $124 million from the Guardians. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the Yankees are probably sitting there thinking, you know what, we don't want to go too nutty on Judge, given the injury history, given what uh, some of the other contracts are, Aaron Judge is saying, I'm a big enough star where I'm going to bet on myself. Each side made their decisions. You remember, what was it, uh, you know, about 10 years ago that the Yankees passed on giving Robinson Cano a huge contract. The fan base went nuts. And you know what? In retrospect, that was a smart deal by the Yankees. Let me ask let me ask you my my kind of off the beaten path fun question for the day. And I was just thinking about this randomly the other day. Now that the um designated hitter is in both leagues, is it time for baseball realignment? Like should we be cha- changing up the divisions? The reason why we had this structure is because teams were in different leagues with different rules. Is it time to change up the divisions now that everybody is playing by the same rules? 
Well, there'll be a realignment when they expand uh, to 32 teams. True. Now you have the, the odd number of teams. It's a 30. Uh, Stuart Sternberg, the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, said confidently today he believes he's going to get a ballpark down in the Tampa Bay area. they got to take care of the Oakland Athletics. And after that, here comes expansion. I fully believe one of the teams is going to be in Nashville. I don't know where the other team is going to be, but they're going to get to 32 which is naturally, as you know, eight divisions. Uh, you and I are not uh, necessarily MIT graduates, <laughs> but uh, I think we can figure out that uh, probably means eight divisions of four teams each. We'll get the NFL structure. So there you go. So Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider. Hey, I got about 30 seconds, but I was watching you guys on ESPN the other night, or last night with the Braves and Reds. Joey Votto, I don't know how he was willing to and agreed to be mic'd up while playing first base defensively. I would have been scared to death, but I thought he was awesome so kudos to you guys yeah he was awesome he as, as he described having a midlife crisis suddenly decided you know what i'm gonna do all these media elements moving <laughs> forward he's a really smart guy and he's having a lot of fun he's also gonna get a gold tooth he said so buster we I'm will talk to you that. <laughs> <laughs> happy opening day even though the red sox lost we will talk to you in seven days okay brady all right, there goes Buster. Actually, we'll talk in six days because we always talk to Buster on Thursday. Yeah, a lot of stuff about the contracts. I, we're going to get to judge. I, I I think he should have taken that Yankees deal. I absolutely think he should have taken that Yankees deal. We'll talk about that in the 6 o'clock hour. I do want to get into some Patriots news, though, on the other side of the commercial break. Was Devontae Parker brought in to simmer down Robert Kraft? An interesting question. That's next on WDEV. Think you know sports better than Brady does? Text in with your thoughts at 802-585-3026. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.